Welcome to Encouraging Truths for Today. We're glad to bring you this message from First Baptist Church in Crockett, Texas. Now please join us as we learn to grow deeper in our relationship with God and each other. But the title of this lesson is Christianity in Action. I'm sure you've all heard uh, actions speak louder than words, um, don't they? Are you aware that Christ in you empowers you for action? Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You've been crucified with Christ, as I have. What does that mean? Let's go to Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning uh, with gratitude on our hearts for your provision in so many different areas of our lives. Uh, most especially, Father, this morning as we come to worship you, we are grateful for the provision of the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the relationship that we have with you in Jesus Christ and the power of your word, which is both living and powerful. And so, Father, we just pray that this morning uh, that you would guide me, uh, give me the words that need to be spoken, uh, the ears of those that are listening to hear it, and that, Father, that we would yield to the Holy Spirit and that we would be obedient to your word this morning. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Oswald Chambers says, No one is ever united with Christ until they are willing to let go of sin and the whole way we look at things. Christ has crucified, Christ was crucified because of your sin and mine. What our Lord wants us to present to him is not goodness or honesty or effort, but real solid sin. You need to admit to yourself and him that you don't like someone maybe hate them and confess it. Ask for forgiveness. Admit to yourself that you have lust in your heart and ask the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit to help you, to renew your mind. What is the sin the Holy Spirit has convicted you of? Don't take it lightly. Don't miss it. Confess it. Repent of it. What does God give in exchange for our sin? Real, solid righteousness in Christ. You no longer live, but Christ lives in you and me. The life we live in the body, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. That is part of living out the in-living Christ. It's important to understand I'm not talking about a self-righteousness through confession of sin but identifying ourselves with Christ's crucifixion and sin. Yes, Jesus paid the price. He shed his own precious blood. The point we need to understand is we have been delivered from the power of sin. And I think that's such a, an important aspect of our relationship with God and what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Yes, he has forgiven us for our sins. But equally as important, as he has helped us to be able to overcome the power of sin in Christ. 
as we read in James, we know that it doesn't mean that we're sinless. We're not talking about sinless perfection here, but we're talking about the power that sin had on us prior to being born again. Apostle Paul says, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should be no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. We were talking this morning in our, in our time of study in, in Sunday school class, and we were talking about, um, you know, in, in, in Genesis, um, we are aware that when Eve was being tempted and Satan was trying to convince her to take that, that fruit, the thing that he said was, surely you will not die. Surely you will not die. And if you think about the thing that is being said to many of us who are believers in Christ through the enemy, through our adversary, is you are not dead to sin. You're still a sinner. You're still going to struggle with it. You can't overcome that. And there's part of a truth there. Part of the truth is, yeah, we can't but Christ can, those of us who are in Christ, who have the gift of the Holy Spirit dwelling within them, who allow the Word of God to renew our minds, we can be overcomers in and through Christ. In Romans, if you want to turn there, chapter 6, I just read 4 through 7. I want to pick it up from 7, verse 7 in Romans chapter 6. In verse 8, Paul continues, he says, Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness for sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Thanks be to God, thanks be to Jesus, that he has brought us to this position in him that enables us to be able to overcome sin. And it's important for us, again, as, as believers, to recognize that. 
and to be willing to humble ourselves and confess, you know, Lord, I, I, I'm really struggling with this. I, you know, the, the Bible talks about a besetting sin. I, I keep falling. I keep tripping over this. I keep, I keep struggling with this. I, I need your help. I, I need your help. And, and God is faithful. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He makes a way. And we have to be sensitive to that. And then yield to the Holy Spirit as He gives us direction. Something that we need to understand here is that each of us has a, a unique personality. You need to accept yourself just as God made you. Evidence of uniqueness are our fingerprints, our eyes, our teeth. For what I understand, they can even identify people by their ears now. These are unique to ourselves. And yet, it's kind of interesting, as, as real as this is, it's really been these last few generations that have come to realize the, the reality of that, the, the individuality of, of fingerprints and things of that nature. Now we see it in all of our, our you know, movies and, and shows that talk about law enforcement, where they're able to not only detect through fingerprints and things of that nature, but DNA. We all have a unique DNA. This is an aspect, again, God's creation that we need to recognize and honor. Psalm 139, 13 through 17 says, You are the one who put me together inside my mother's body, and I praise you because of the wonderful way you created me. Everything you do is marvelous. Of this I have no doubt. Nothing about me is hidden from you. I was secretly woven together deep in the earth below, but with your own eyes you saw my body being formed, even before I was born. You had written in your book everything I would do. Your thoughts are far beyond my understanding, much more than I could ever imagine. There are probably some here today that don't really like themselves. If you do, you will spend a lot of time thinking about your shortcomings. Maybe it's the way you look or the way you think or don't think. Uh -huh. You don't think you're very smart or very attractive. Maybe you don't think you have anything to offer spiritually. You don't have enough Bible knowledge. You don't, have, you don't do enough right things. We have to learn to accept ourselves the way God made us. What does this have to do with Christianity in action, you may be wondering? How we see ourselves and how God sees us is important. There needs to be a balance. Christ has accepted you and me just the way we are. Do you accept the fact that he accepts us? In Romans 5.8 it says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to clean up our act or wait for us to put into action what he knew we should do. That is grace. Getting what we don't deserve. In 1 Corinthians, Paul says in chapter 6, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. You know, oftentimes when we think of honoring God with our bodies, we, we associate with a physical aspect. And we neglect that, that mental and spiritual aspect, which is allowing God to renew our minds. Whether we were saved at an early age or later in age, we are being bombarded by the things of this world. And if we don't spend time in His Word and allow 
the Word of God, His truth, to renew our minds so that we think like He thinks, then we're not going to see ourselves as we really are. We're not going to see ourselves as alive in Christ, being able to walk in the Spirit, not fulfilling the lusts of the flesh. And that's such an important element, as is abstaining from temptations and, 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 and things of that nature from a physical standpoint. Um, we're talking about action, remember? Change is hard sometimes. In fact, most time it's hard. But be encouraged. You are not alone. We have each other in Christ. More importantly, each of us has the Holy Spirit. I had a conversation with my brother and had some this morning in our Bible study about the importance of the body of Christ. And, you know, one of the things that, that we've had, I've had with others over the course of, of, of years is, is, you know, where does it say that we're supposed to show up every Sunday and every Wednesday and Sunday nights and all these kind of things that we do uh, as not only Baptists but as organized church? And I think that that kind of misses the point. I think that people over the years have done that out of a, a, a necessity or a sense of their own personal need and recognizing that in order to be able to put on that full armor of God, we need that, that, that encouragement. We need that building up of our faith. We need to be able to open up the Word of God together and, and, and allow the Word of God to, to reveal to us our own struggles. And then we testify one to another and we recognize, you know what, I have that same struggle and, and, and here is our solution through the Word of God. And it builds us up in our faith. And of course, we also recognize the, the importance of the body of Christ when, when someone is struggling or has a, a tragedy and we come alongside of them and help them during that period of time. Or someone is celebrating a, a life event. We come alongside of them and rejoice with them. But again, to this, this recognition of, of who we are in Christ and the new creature we are, we need to realize that God created the body. It's clearly described, Paul clearly describes, gives us a good description of, of the body of Christ, recognizing that there's many parts. And no one part is more important than the other. They're all essential. And for us to function as a healthy body, just as I have to function as a healthy body individually, we have to function healthy as a body collectively. We need to be serving one another serving our community in Christ. Jesus' prayer, His priestly prayer to the Father in John 17 was that despite our diversity, despite all of our differences, our unity in Christ would draw unbelievers. They would see that there's something going on over there that's, that's unique and different than, than the rest of the world. They love each other. They, they care for one another. They forgive each other. They long suffer for each other. We take on the characteristics of our Father, our Heavenly Father, and people are drawn to that. Excuse me. We will change after we accept who we are and the gifts God has given us. There are two kinds of change, immediate and gradual. Immediate change has already taken place once we accept Christ. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Do you believe that? That's the word of God. That's truth. The old has gone, the new has come. When I received Christ into my life at the age of 20, I didn't feel any physical change. Even spiritually, I didn't notice anything at first. But God began to show me things from a different perspective, His perspective. My inner attitude was fun fundamentally altered by time and effort, leading to a personal commitment to be a servant leader for Christ. My transformation at the age of 20 was a result of the fact that I had been raised in a Catholic church. My mother had become a born-again Christian, which I didn't know what that was at the time. I had a friend that was into a, a form of Hinduism called Shiva Kalpa, and I had my whole life ahead of me. And I didn't know just exactly what was right. Was Catholicism, Baptist, Presbyterian, Shiva Kalpa, and, and I really cried out to God, and God was faithful to continue to reveal to me the truth that's in Jesus Christ. And as I picked up his word and I began to read his word, God began to renew my mind. He, he convicted me, you know, of my, my foul mouth. If you've spent any time up in where I grew up in New York, I'm always shocked when I go up to New York going to a, a convenience store or something like that, and they're using language that I just can't believe they're using in public. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that that still is not the situation in most cases here in the South. But at any rate, God had to control my tongue because that was the way I was raised. I just threw the F-bomb and other things around and it just seemed normal. God brought me on a conviction. I need to control my tongue. At the age of 20, being a young man not saved, I lived the party life. I did drugs. I did alcohol. God brought me under conviction and said, can you enjoy yourself without getting high? I began to do that. And as I did that, still hanging out with the same friends, I, I began to look at the things they were laughing at. And I thought, are those the things that we laughed at? That's pretty dumb. That's stupid stuff. But God, through that process of renewing my mind, having the help of the Holy Spirit within me, began to help me to see the value and, and the reality of the truth of, of, of God in the person of Jesus Christ and His Word. Romans 6.4, We are therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live in a new life. That new life is immediate. We are in Christ. The second change is gradual, and I kind of described that. My spiritual growth was a, a gradual development when I first started walking with the Lord. Um, in addition to the things that I've described, uh, when I first started walking with the Lord, I wasn't very consistent after being converted. <clears throat> I continued to struggle with, <clears throat> with lust and other sins. I had a bad temper, I had anger issues, and I was very self-centered. 2 Corinthians 3, 17-18 says, The Lord and the Spirit are one and the same. And the Lord's Spirit sets us free. They show the bright glory of the Lord as the Lord's Spirit makes us more and more like our glorious Lord. 
I found that to be true in my life. With the help of the Holy Spirit convicting me and revealing truth to me, I was set free. I am becoming more like my loving Savior. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says, When we were children, we thought and reasoned as children do, but when we grew up, we quit our childish ways. Again, we're talking about Christianity in action. We're talking about maturing in our faith. We're talking about the fact that we should not stay in the same place as we were when we were first saved or five years ago or, quite honestly, even a few weeks ago. God is working in us both to will and to do the pleasure of God. And if we are sincere in our desire to be like Jesus and the Holy Spirit who dwells within us is helping us, He's going to be revealing to us those areas in our lives, but even more importantly than the areas in our lives, it's, it's not just about our own self-centeredness and, and, and fixing us as much as it is of being conscious and aware of those around us, those that are in need. And that, again, is, is what the body is about. Are you aware of the people that are sitting near you and, and what's going on in their lives to the point where you may have a, a gift or a talent or a means by which to bless them? When we begin to do that as a church, again, these doors, and again, the object isn't just to have the doors, you know, people come and flooding in here for that purpose, but that's the reality of, of what ends up happening. You, you know yourselves in your own way. When you are a blessing to someone, that relationship becomes stronger, you become more grateful and closer. And just the opposite is true if someone wrongs you or things of that nature. And here's the key for us as Christians, as believers. We're not like the world. Again, we have the help of the Holy Spirit. We have the truth of God's Word. So when we are wronged, we need to remember what we've learned through God's Word, which is forgive as I've been forgiven. I've got to learn to have genuine love and concern which expresses itself in, in, in the fruits of the Spirit, compassion and kindness and goodness. Even when I'm wronged, change demands action. And this is the key to Christianity in action. Involvement in church, groups and clubs that affect people. You know, we talk oftentimes about the fact that this is not the church. We are the church. And so, as important as it is, as it is, as we've been talking about having these men's Bible studies, women's Bible studies, our time of assembling together, having worship and fellowship together, it's important that we reach that point where we're going out and we're getting involved within our community, where we're meeting the needs of the people that we live around and not just live self-centered lives. Jesus didn't die just so that we can become holy and, and, and live in our little cubicles, in our own little space. We need to be reaching out to our community. We need to be, I mean, when we look at, and we oftentimes talk about all the things that are going on in the world that's wrong today. Rather than sitting there and being part of the issue and, and complaining and saying, yeah, well, I really think that if they would do this, let's be the light. Let, let's, let's show genuine love. Let's, let's cross some of these divides, you know?
1 Peter 13 through 15 says, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11 says, Each one should use whatever gifts he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. So I mentioned some of the types of activities in the sense of, of recognizing that through our church, through civil clubs and, and, and community action. But again, knowing that God is, is drawing us closer to be more like Jesus, I think that a, another important element of, of, of really being able to put your, your faith, your Christianity in action is, is again recognizing not only who you are in Christ, but the gifts that he's given us. The Bible is clear that, that some have received one, at least one, if not more, gifts. And so do you know your gifts? Have you spent time in the word of God and in serving and, and putting into action? To, to the, because that's really where you discover your, your gifts. God doesn't, you know, I, I can remember when I first became a Christian, I've, I've, I was concerned that, you know, boy, if I really commit to this thing, I, he's going to send me off to some faraway country and I'm going to have to serve, you know, in some remote place with, you know, out any of the conveniences I have. And, and God prepares us. For, you, you talk to a missionary, they've, they've been prepared. Most missionaries that I know of, I, I, as a matter of fact, I don't really know one that has not ever complained that, that they were not prepared. Now, they may fall into discouragement. I've known some that have fallen into discouragement, but I think that's just part of the human condition and, and, the, and the relationship that God has in, in, in building them up. But but again, the idea here is for us to know our gifts and our talents, and it's oftentimes aligned with the very things that we enjoy. I know we've got some talented artists in our midst. Um, I know that in my relationship with Carolyn, that Carolyn has many, many gifts along the line of, of art, artistic endeavors and things of that nature. It's not always about standing up here and preaching the Word of God. Serving in the body takes on all different kinds of forms. You know, serving at the at the at the lunch line there, um, um, working around the buildings. I mean, there's no limit to, to what it is, and, and and God has made each of us, as we talked about in the very beginning, He's made us unique. And so there are things that I'm not capable of doing that someone else is, and it, and, and the pastor and the, and Anthony would say the same thing. And yet there's others in here that that can get up here and and, and preach better than than I can. But again. You have to be willing to yield to the Holy Spirit and, and recognize that you're now a new creature in Christ. You have to continue to, to learn to, to yield. <clears throat> James 1.27, religion, James says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. In my conversation with, with my brother about church and things of that nature, um, 
you know, whether it's that conversation or other conversations that we have in regard to life and, and, the, and the struggles that we have, um, it's been my experience, and I, I know many of you can testify to the fact that, that God doesn't make this complicated. He doesn't make this complicated. The idea of, of working together as a church and, and finding your place to serve, um, it's not hard. And, and when we do it together collectively, it, it, it becomes easier and easier because we share the load. Definition of a, of a Christian leader is one who knows the way, which is faith in Jesus led by the Holy Spirit, one who shows the way by example, and one who goes the way, uses God-given talents to the best of his or her ability. In conclusion, I encourage you to go where the action is. Galatians 6, 9-10 through 10 says, Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And in Colossians chapter 3, verses 16 through 17, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We would like to thank you for joining us for this message from First Baptist Church in Crockett, Texas. First Baptist desires to be a house of prayer with a heart for people, making a difference by making disciples from our neighborhood to the nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, please visit www.firstcrockett.org. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you.